Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It is my pleasure to welcome Ricardo Santos to the podcast. Welcome, Ricardo. Thanks, James. Ricardo, you are a senior manager at Deloitte, but prior to that, you've spent a tremendous amount of time working on mechanical integrity programs, risk-based inspections, all those various things. Although super brief, can you give us a brief introduction to yourself? Sure. Um, so I've spent, I spent about 17 years in a variety of roles. So I started working as a maintenance planner, maintenance engineer in different industries, petrochemical, gas processing, and a bit of manufacturing. Um, started working in Venezuela, then Australia, Europe, Middle East, and back here in Australia again. And I have, have had the fortune of working from the owner operator side uh, and also in consulting. So that gave me, gave me a, little, a little bit of pers- perspective, um, different angles and, and different ways of doing things. All right, excellent. And what we want to talk to you about today is risk-based inspection. Now, what is RBI? So it's basically a risk assessment and management process uh, where the risk is managed primarily through inspection. So it's a bit similar to RCM, uh, but the difference, I think, in my opinion, is that is the eye, is the inspection, right? It's where uh, instead of uh, managing uh, the risk through all the various methods that RCM offers, you're only focusing through inspection. But it's, it's a focus, but not completely excluding everything else. It's just that the main uh, way of managing the risk is through inspection. Okay, so we're managing through inspections, not necessarily redesigns and all these other tools that we have available. Exactly. Okay, when would organizations want to leverage risk-based inspections over RCM or something else? So in my view, RBI should be used always so that the inspection program that the company has in place is supported by engineering principles. There are people not inspecting things just because um, regulations say so or because a company procedure says that. So, uh, but what happens in companies is that typically they go to RBI when they have a lot of inspections due because they had, you know, two yearly inspection and four yearly inspections for everything. And then the management doesn't know now now that they have all these inspections due, they don't know where to start and how to, which ones, you know, how to reduce the backlog. So um, it's better to start that process prior and prioritize all your your inspections based on risk. All right. So why do they want to do this then? Is it to manage resources? Is it to inspect certain things less, certain things more? Why do they want to go about implementing an RBI process? Well. RBI is often sold as a, a cost-saving tool, but uh, well, that could be one of the outcomes. But the real reason why you want you want to use an RBI is to ensure that you're inspecting the right equipment at the right time. It's basically going back to the example of the RCM, 
where um, you can sure you can follow all the instructions from the manufacturer or from the OEM, um, but um, that's not gonna you know necessarily reduce all your all your risk and all your failures. It's sim very similar with RBI. You may be inspecting everything at uh, other intervals that your company is dictating or intervals that the government is telling you but not necessarily you will be reducing risk so um, you basically want to get into the goldilocks zone of, of inspection cost versus risk and don't wait until you have a huge cost cut uh, cost cutting measure to then scramble to to see what's required and what is not required you want to have everything organized from uh, from the start, um, everything prioritized. Um, you you want to have a very good understanding of your risk for across your all your assets, uh, so that if you have any fluctuations in in uh, shutdowns that are not coming in or extended or deferred um, shutdowns uh, or cost cutting measures, then you know where to uh, prioritize uh, your cost cutting. All right, excellent. So it really allows us to prioritize our activities, reduce risk because we're inspecting the right things at the right frequency and not inspecting things we really don't need to, all those different aspects of it. Exactly, thanks. All right, so what is included in, in an RBI program? Do we have to go and define all of our risks, our failure modes, that level of rigor? And can we use this for any type of asset or is it just more for mechanical integrity type systems? Yeah, uh, you, you could use it for any type of assets. Um, I, for example, use it for pressure equipment and pipelines, which is the traditional uh, use, but also for structures. Um, but I also have seen it used for balance machines in mining and uh, tailing dams in mining as well. So uh, I guess um, where it has some limitations is it cannot, of course, be any asset, um, but uh, it will have some limitations, of course, around rotating equipment and instrumentation, but mainly for things that uh, growth, you can simplify like that, uh, then, then use RBI. All right, so we can use it for assets that corrode, assets that have a degradation mechanism in place. Do we have to go through and define all the failure modes, the rates of failures, all this technical stuff, or is it a little bit more simplified than that? It's a bit more simplified typically, um, so, but it has the very varying degrees, of course. So, people familiar with ABFF eighty uh, will understand that you know you can you have a, a a continuum of approach. So you have the qualitative and the semi-quantitative in the middle and the quantitative. Now, people get caught up often with the um, probability and, cons and consequence calculation, where that where that, different, that differentiation often, often is made of the, of the three levels. But um, something is good to keep in mind is that uh, RBI is a process as well. So it's a management process. So it can be used for any asset where the risk is managed primarily through inspection. But there are a few steps along the way. So of course, you need to assess the probabilities and consequence. And how you calculate that is um, you know, a, a, a big topic, but also it's important to know and to the, uh, to, to uh, organize uh, the company around how the inspection is planned, how do we execute them, um, how an you manage anomalies or concerns, uh, how do you manage uh, temporary repairs, and all the different things with that uh, with that asset class of pressure equipment.
All right, so it's not a simple process where we just say, this is how we're gonna inspect. It's all the other stuff. So how do we manage uh, changes to the equipment? How do we manage the operation of the equipment? It's all encompassing. Exactly, and if, going back to the API Favetti example, uh, one of the things that they did in the third edition is to emphasize on the process side to ensure that people were putting all these bits, all these parts of the process, and not only focusing on on uh, calculating the probability. All right, excellent. That is good to hear because it brings the whole organization together. It's not just a maintenance or engineering activity now. It's an operating activity. Operations process. Yeah. Excellent. So if an organization wants to move into risk-based inspections, how do they go about doing that? You mentioned, you know, it's a process. Do they guys set up a team? How do they go about making that transition? Yeah, good point. Um, so the first step I would recommend is to get first buy-in from management. It's like not straight going and, and implement RBI without people not knowing what exactly is that? Um, it typically creates a lot of resistance uh, and confusion. So best approach is to get buy-in from management. Hey, we're doing this. This is the methodology. This is the process. This is the advantages and disadvantages. Um, explain to engineering, to maintenance, reliability, planning teams, uh, so that when they still start seeing these, uh, these terms coming up, risk, probability, due dates, and uh, they all know what it's all about. Um, the, the second step is uh, is a bit um, obvious for some people, but I, I thought it would be good to, to emphasize is to have a complete asset register. Um, and the reason is because um, I've discovered so many things in walkarounds where, you know, oh, what is that pipe or dead legs or buried piping that we didn't know about and that typically is not very well shown in all facilities when you have these pin IDs that are, may not be complete. Um, even pressure vessels, uh, auxiliary pressure vessels in, in remote areas people didn't know about. They still represent some risk and it's good to know you have all a complete register. Um, uh, because, you know, if you calculate your, your uh, if you have managed, if you are managing a, a, a pool of your assets and you forget something, uh, it doesn't matter how well you manage that bit, you are still gonna get hurt with something that you don't know about. So the third step is to collect technical data and that, that bit can get a bit overblown uh, with the, all the details you, you can capture. So it's important also to to keep the, the amount of technical data to the absolutely necessary. And then uh, finally, then you have the assessment part when you define your corrosion loops, your degradation mechanisms, you collect your inspection history, then you start your assessments. All right, excellent. So there is a process and you, know, you emphasize the fact that you need to have a complete risk register. And, it amazes me how many people don't actually have that in place. Yeah, asset register. Yeah, you just start uh, calculating probabilities and consequence, and let's start an inspection program, and uh, they may not even have a complete list of your piping. Yeah, that's, that's very common. Now, as we work through setting up a risk-based inspection program, there's a term that keeps coming up, a LARP, as low as reasonably possible. What is it, and how does that fit into risk-based inspection? So yeah, it's very, very related um, as, well, it's, it's known as other names in other parts of the world, as you would know, um, and, but uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a scary term for me because it's that's how courts of law typically, typically treat um, a risk. They wanna make sure that every step or measure was taken under the current technology 
and reasonable cost. Uh, they want to be able. They want to be able to prove that all all reasonable steps were taken to minimize to minimize the risk. So RBI comes into the comes into picture because we are executing the right amount of inspections and risk mitigating actions at the right time. Uh, hopefully, because we we found a balance between cost and risk. Um, and we are basing our decisions on what to inspect and when, and the and the methods that we have to that we should be using to to inspect those assets based on risk as well. So we we, we can show all that, and we can demonstrate as well that if we inspect it more frequently, um, or we replace the assets more frequently, is not going to make any material difference on the risk. You can actually prove that, and if you reduce the inspection. Uh, frequency and also you can prove that you that the risk will be increasing so basically you you, you have a solid case to to defend um, um, against a regulator or or um, or, yeah, or courts of law this podcast is brought to you by iridicio be sure to check out iridicio's ibl blended learning for maintenance and reliability professionals this SMRP-accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. Now, so it's really a LARP. It's really just striking that balance and what the courts would see as you reasonably you you put forth due diligence in preventing this failure. Due diligence is the word. Yes. Okay. That's, that's what I was looking for. Thanks, James. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, as we're setting up this program, how does one go about establishing the frequency types of inspections that need to be performed? Is do we just get a couple subject matter experts in the room and let them decide, or how do we go about setting up the frequencies? Yeah. So, based on risk, uh, as you know, you have the, the multiplication of probability times the consequence, and then you get your risk. Uh, so the, as the probability, you, you basically take for granted that the consequence is not going to be, it's not going to change. Uh, so the probability of ch- failure increases over time as, you know, you have your wear curves or your uh, degradation curves. Uh, you, uh, and that as the probability of failure increases over time, you have your increase in risk. So. We estimate the frequency or the next inspection date based on when those assets, um, the risk on those assets reaches the threshold value above the acceptable level. So we were just coming from the alarm principle, right? Every company has its own um, uh, acceptable risk level, uh, which you don't want to cross. And so when you're calculating your, your um, your probability and, and your and your risk that risk increases over time when the when that risk reaches when the risk of the asset reaches the acceptable limit uh, acceptable level then that triggers an inspection. Uh, but how what what inspection is triggered? Well, that depends on how much the risk level is exceeded. So if the risk is very high, uh, then it will call for a more extensive examination. And if the risk is uh, relatively low, then uh, you can afford to do other things. Okay, and, and these frequencies, they're, I'm assuming, need some type of data to help establish what, what, how often they're occurring, correct? Yeah, 
So yeah. So what type of data do we need then? So um, in the case of thin integration mechanisms, you will go with the corrosion rates. Uh, that would be number one data to have. But for cracking integration mechanisms or the so-called environmental, uh, uh, then you will have other factors like uh, or process variables like temperature, pH to determine um, the the deterioration or damage factors of, of for for those uh, damage mechanisms. All right, excellent. Now, what happens if we're missing some of those key data points? If we don't have good corrosion data or other degradation data? Well, the this, the recommendation would be to go to uh, the earliest uh, data point that you, or the latest, sorry, the latest data point that you have. So let's say you haven't inspected that asset for 10 years. Uh, well, then you go to the last inspection. And also you'll try to infer for any changes on the, on the process conditions over that time. And then that will allow you to, to um, um, estimate a conservative corrosion rate and a conservative um, degradation or damage factor for, for the environmental factors, uh, for, for the environmental degradation mechanisms, and then extrapolate that to the last known, so extrapolate from the last known inspection to the present day and see how the risk is. All right, excellent. Now, this sounds like it requires some expertise, right? So it's you have the data, but you may also need some subject matter experts that have lots of experience in you know, that specific type of asset, that specific type of application, or corrosion degradation or other types of degradation. Can we leverage that subject matter expertise to supplement some missing data? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so one of the things with RBI is that by no means is a, it's a single person effort. It's not one person running the RBI software in the room. It's uh, It has to be run by with workshops. Uh, not necessarily consensus, but yeah, certainly uh, with the multiple inputs of people. So you, you need to have the process engineers in the room, uh, materials engineers or metallurgists. Uh, you have your inspectors. And then you look at all that data that I've described, and then they make the call. Uh, but yes, for sure, is yeah, that's a very good point. It's not it's not one person looking at the data by by himself. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Now, as your as organizations go to implement risk based inspection, do you have any words of wisdom that you want to part with and provide to them to help them along this journey? So one thing. Well, I would like to. Um, emphasize again on the complete asset register and, and also to focus on the process. So it's very important to know how the inspections are planned, how do you execute them and ensure that they're executed at the right quality, uh, how do we manage anomalies when they're found, how do you manage inspection deferrals, uh, how do you manage temporary repairs, are you going to leave them there forever, people are going to forget about them, <laughs> um, monitor integrity operating windows, the IOWs, so keep an eye on process conditions. So all that, in my view, is way, way more important than to be super precise with the probability and consequence calculations. Whatever you calculate can fall apart if one of all the things of the, on the process that I just described uh, are not working properly. You can calculate your probability to the nth degree with using 581, it's fully quantitative. But if you have a temporary repair there that you didn't know about, uh, that's going to hurt your plant. And the same goes with um, uh, monitoring integrated operating windows. You have an assumption 
when you're calculating your probabilities and then the plant goes the other way and the assumptions are not correct and so you have different corrosion rates different ignition mechanisms so all those things are i think in my view more way more com uh, important than having a, a fully quantitative um, probability calculation all right excellent now we've talked quite a bit about risk-based inspections what's the one thing you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today Know, where do they start? What do you want them to do if they're already doing it? You know, I'll leave it up to you. So I think it's important to, you know, we, we discussed at the beginning uh, the uh, the rollout of the RBI as a first, first step. Um, I think it's important to explain the methodology and the process to all stakeholders. Um, say that you're rolling out a project, uh, you're, you're starting a project, you will engage all the stakeholders, right? But to me, often what I see with RBI is that sort of inherited from EPCs or uh, someone, the inspection department starts working with it, but it's not very well communicated to the rest of the company. And then you have pain afterwards when uh, people don't know where the numbers are coming from, or why certain things are being asked from 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 process or, or being asked from maintenance. So this, uh, this roller also should, or should involve a, a, we should make sure that there is an understanding on the acceptable level of risk in the organization. So you can start using the corporate risk matrix, uh, but it often is skewed towards HSC, uh, personal safety. Um, so it's important to get an agreement with process safety, for example, which are they're used to to work with uh, with the different uh, uh, probability levels um, and have an agreed. Um, uh, risk matrix for all these types of studies, uh, preferably the, a single one, so that when we're communicating risk about, hey, this is the f uh, probably the, the risk of failure of this uh, pressure equipment, and we cannot defer this, or we should take this decision, or we should uh, replace this uh, this pressure vessel, then everyone understands, uh, not people uh, rejecting uh, ideas. So uh, the other thing is on the methodology. So um, we should have a consistent methodology. So when developing a methodology, it doesn't have to be an advanced algorithm, you know, uh, but it has to be approved by a registered engineer. Uh, I think that would be a very good uh, start and it has to be accepted, accepted by management. So so point number one is that the methodology is defensible and point number two, that management knows about it and they know what they're getting into. So. Uh, but the, and, and thirdly is that the methodology is consistent with all the other asset types um, so that we don't have um, different levels of risk being communicated. Let's say if you're talking different risk matrices, you will have RCM saying something, you will have process safety saying, saying something else, and then you have RBI saying totally something different. So um, yeah, that, that, that would be my, my recommendation, focus on having a consistent methodology and process. Uh, communicate to all stakeholders, communicate to management, and uh, ensure that you have, a, a, when developing a methodology, that is not something pulled out of the air, that is something uh, approved by a registered engineer, and, and that is accepted by management. But not necessarily has to be something super advanced. All right, excellent. Some great words of wisdom there. You know, consistent process, consistent rate, risk uh, assessments, absolutely vital to making sure that program will stay as part of the organization's culture. Now, Ricardo, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about RBI. But before we go, where can people find out 
more about you? Where can they get in touch with you? All those great things. Yeah, thanks. Well, you can reach me anytime in LinkedIn. Uh, happy to provide advice. Uh, not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, sure, I'm happy to help and, and, and know more people and, and know other people's uh, problems in their other facilities. Right. So free to, free to reach out. All right, excellent. I'll put links to that. And then lastly, my favorite question, what are your go-to resources for this topic? Uh, definitely number one, inspectioneering. Uh, inspectioneering is an awesome source of information. They have a lot of experts in the field they're contributing. Um, uh, there are several books. Well, RCM2 by John Mowbray, of course, is one of my favorites. Not necessarily RBI, but people will be really surprised to know how many things are they have in similar, similar between RCM and RBI. Um, so yeah, I would, I would read it anyway, um, even if it's RCM. And also, there's a book I'm reading currently. It's called Normal Accidents by Charles Perrow. Um, there is also the failure of risk management. And, and of course, you have the guidelines from of uh, risk-based process safety by CCPS. So th- those are all great books to, to start um, um, having a foundation. Uh, but yeah, inspection reading is number one in terms of uh, tips and, and succinct uh, information. All right, excellent. I will make sure to put links to all that in the show notes so people could easily find them. Ricardo, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about risk-based inspection. I think more organizations can leverage this type of methodology to reduce costs, improve safety, that type of thing. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks for the opportunity. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.